welcome to the holiday version of The Notice. I'm Susan Hookster, your host, wishing you a very Merry Christmas. What does this music remind you of? Christmas Eve service? A child in a manger? Christmas carols are such a big part of the holidays, but there's something about those Christmas movies. Why do we love them so much? Do Christmas traditions offer us warm, fuzzy feels or fulfill some kind of longing? Stay tuned for this special holiday episode where we'll reflect on traditions, expectations, and take notice of how God surprises us during the season. You know the script. A pretty young career woman with a red coat and big city job unexpectedly finds herself in a quaint small town for Christmas. There she meets a family man who shows her the joy of Christmas traditions and the meaning of family. They are thrown together for a holiday project as the tension builds. Perspectives change and they find themselves drawn to each other. They almost kiss, but inevitably get interrupted. Along the way, a disagreement transpires which breaks them apart. But hang on, we won't be disappointed. The misunderstanding is quickly resolved. The career woman inevitably gives up her opportunity in the big city or adjusts her workload to enjoy a traditional small-town Christmas. We get our happy ending, and yes, they kiss. Even though the movies look like the same and have fixed plot lines, we still keep watching. This year alone, the Hallmark Channel debuted 22 new Christmas movies for a grand total of over 150 films. The comfortable fireside, hot cocoa, and Christmas tree world comes to life with little to no conflict. The biggest concern in the movies is keeping those traditions alive, clearing up unrecognizable misunderstandings, and of course, finding that red dress. On some level, these Christmas movies satisfy Perhaps it's the longings we have for a picture-perfect family full of love and laughter and devoid of dysfunction. These stories speak to the wholesome desires we have to spend time conflict-free with the people we love. And even if we can't be home for Christmas, Hallmark movies fill up with the warmth of tradition. Most of all, we like a happy ending. What Christmas traditions do you remember from your childhood? What traditions have you implemented in your own family. I'm sure many of you can recall traditions surrounding decorating. Lights, ornaments, garland, manger scenes, candles, and stockings on the fireplace, maybe even a wreath on the door. Growing up, our family had one Christmas tree. Today, many homes host a tree in every room. Home improvement programs entice us to have our homes look like a magazine or a movie. I admit it, I got caught up in the hype. This rang true when my daughters are young and I wanted to create childhood memories. Yet for me, sometimes my struggle with validation and affirmation surfaced. I began to feel I didn't measure up to the next person's decorations. Interior decorations felt like inferior decorations. One Christmas, I became passionate about creating just the right atmosphere in my home. I envisioned something different than the blown-up Santas on the lawn and began the search for something that wasn't cliché. Somehow, I thought if I could only decorate in a certain way, I wouldn't feel inferior, and I would set the stage for my movie. 
As the search went on, nothing seemed to be just right. I found myself comparing my vision with the commercial displays in the store. I know, a little ridiculous, but that was where I was at the time. After one particular shopping spree, I was feeling overstimulated and exhausted. Well, as it sometimes goes, my exhaustion turns into slap happiness. When that happens to me, everything and everyone seems silly to me. So as I felt the rush of ridiculous come, I conceded it was time to pick up a few last-minute items and call it quits. I headed towards the checkout lane when suddenly a display caught my eye. My curiosity on full alert, I walked closer. Could this be the unique decoration I was looking for? I stopped in front of the display and couldn't believe what I was seeing. Right before my tired, slap-happy eyes was a glorious display of, maybe you can guess it, Christmas toilet seat covers. Two different choices available, one embroidered with Santa or an embroidered Christmas tree. Seriously? Did people really change their toilet seats for the holidays? Was this a thing? But then it happened. My investigation of the seats revealed they weren't just to be pretty. They actually had a purpose. Once you open the cover and sit on the toilet seat, it starts playing jingle bells. Well, my slap happiness turned into a historical belly laugh. The laughter ended up attracting a small crowd, and for the next few minutes, this group bonded over toilet seat covers. One lady claimed someone must be on drugs when they thought of this, while another got cranky with the commercialization of Christmas. I think I even heard someone say, Bah, humbug. All I could say was, Really? After I finished laughing and the crowd left, inwardly, I took notice. God was trying to tell me something, and he did it in such a funny, gentle way. Was the intensity for finding the perfect decorations really necessary? Maybe decorations don't get to you, but special events and gatherings do. Shopping excursions, gingerbread houses, and cutting down the Christmas tree are just some of the activities of the season. Schedules get filled up with Christmas parties, attending the Nutcracker, or getting your picture taken with Santa. There's watching It's a Wonderful Life or having fun with Elf on the Shelf. For a musical family like ours, Christmas means additional gigs. When we're all together, we typically pull out our instruments and play. In fact, the lean-in music for today's episode are my two daughters and I goofing around in our home last year at Christmas. Holidays are also filled with Christmas cookies, roasts, cakes, and pies, and then gifts. We find them, buy them, wrap them, send them, give them, and receive them, and sometimes even return them. But perhaps the most significant tradition we look forward to, according to Hallmark movies, is sharing all this with those we love. We long to laugh, have meaningful conversations, and build special memories. Indeed, God created us for relationship, so wanting a loving family around is a God-given desire, and being part of community can validate and affirm us. Plus, it gives us a chance to wear that red coat. All that being said, do you ever feel like this Christmas hype is sometimes too much? Go ahead, roll your eyes. No one really needs a toilet seat cover that plays jingle bells. More than that, our lives aren't a Hallmark movie, 
and I don't even have a red coat. Even my decorations and all their splendor won't grace a magazine cover. So why do we continue to watch these movies even if we know it's not realistic? Are we expecting a holiday movie to unfold in our home? Let's face it, our lives are far from perfect. Our family may be dysfunctional. We could be single, recently divorced, or without a loved one. We may come from a broken home or be spending Christmas in a hospital. Maybe we even have to work or we're an empty nester. And if we're all alone, who's going to write the letter to Santa? On the other hand, traditions provide us comfort and they provide us sentimentality. There's a sense of security when each year things stay the same. I recall many times when Christmas didn't turn out as I had hoped, and those experiences changed me. Perhaps you remember the song, Grown Up Christmas List, made famous by Amy Grant. After my ex-husband's first affair was revealed, this song resonated with me. That Christmas, everything changed. How I saw the world, how I saw myself, no Hallmark movie for me. What happens if you don't get your happy ending? Do you blame yourself for not being able to create it? Do you accuse others who don't see your vision? Or do you blame God? The scriptures reveal many things to us about God that change our viewpoint. Many aspects of his character are reflected during the holidays. First, God is the giver of perfect gifts, including what your happy ending will look like. He is immutable, which is a fancy word reminding us that he doesn't change. James 1.17 explains, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. As a gift giver, God researched, purchased, and wrapped the gift of salvation in a pretty unexpected way. Who knew the Messiah would end up being born in a stable? And who knew this gift meant death on a cross? What child is this? Great gift, unexpected wrapping. As our Savior, God wraps our healing in pretty unexpected ways. His kind of healing is so powerful, it radiates to the bone. The trading beauty for ashes type of healing. Friends, God wants this kind of healing for you. Yep, I don't know how it will be wrapped for you. Maybe the gift will be wrapped in sickness, death, a job loss, or divorce. Perhaps you have limited funds or no one to spend holidays with. Or maybe others in your life have made choices that make your happy ending nearly impossible. I don't know how your gift will wrap, but I promise you, it's on the way. We will be guests at the Supper of the Lamb, where we will celebrate redemption in all its glory. Great gift. Unexpected wrapping. So as you spend time with loved ones over the holidays, I encourage you to take notice of the gift and be prepared for the unexpected. Look for ways to notice redemption winning, even the smallest of ways. Give hope to someone who is down. Validate someone's experience by acknowledging their perspective. Affirm someone who never gets attention. Extend mercy to yourselves and others. That's a movie I'd like to see. In closing, 
let me share a short story I wrote called This Christmas Surprise. The smell of cinnamon rolls in anticipation filled the air. It was Christmas morning. Stocking stuffed, music blaring, parents exhausted, and wide-eyed children eager to see what is under the tree. You could feel the anticipation grow at every corner. Christmas morning at our house meant we had to wait until everyone was awake to open presents. After all, this was tradition. As the youngest of four, I had the job of waking the rest of the family. However, on this particular Christmas morning, my eight-year-old self didn't budge. Under the covers, I hid. You see, a few weeks earlier, Mom asked me to write out my wish list for Santa. I passionately shared with her how desperate I was to get a piano. Afraid to disappoint, she tried to explain to me that a piano might be too heavy for Santa to deliver on his sleigh. I didn't buy it because I still believe Santa could make things happen. More than that, I sensed, even at eight years old, the aroma of financial pressure. So I knew a piano was unrealistic. So I proceeded to modify my wish list to include a toy organ, wristwatch, and toe socks. I felt pretty confident Santa could get these on a sleigh. Would they be under the tree? As one might expect, this became that Christmas. The Christmas where I discovered wrapped presents in my mom's car. The Christmas where I figured out how to unwrap gifts just enough to see what they were and then quickly tape them back up. The Christmas where I wasn't quite sure about Santa. So yes, I became that girl, the one who knew what the presents were before I unwrapped them. I had no idea it was going to be such a letdown. I can't even begin to explain how I felt. Santa, well, he was an enigma. Somehow, the magic of Christmas left me. So yes, although I actually did get my toy organ, watch, and socks, there was no surprise, excitement, or even anticipation. Guess that's why I liked my covers. I already knew what I was going to get and how the gift was going to be wrapped. I felt guilty as disappointment filled my veins. That's a lot of life lessons for an eight-year-old. Looking back, I made a vow to never do that again. To this day, I'm not sure what even led me to peak. Was I merely curious? Did I not trust? Did I not believe it? In our information-driven culture, we want to be informed. We want to decide what the gifts will be, when they will be delivered, how they will be wrapped. In essence, we want to write our own happy endings. When that happy ending doesn't appear, we are quick to stop believing. We stop believing even though we know that the choices of others affect our happy ending. We stop believing and miss the excitement of surprise. Mostly, we miss out on hope. So what do you expect this Christmas? Reflecting back on this most disappointing Christmas, my eight-year-old inner child reminded me of three important words to a classic song. Don't stop believing. So I encourage you. I encourage you to make this Christmas that Christmas. The Christmas you believe in his promises. The Christmases you believe he wants good things for you. The Christmas you believe he'll select your present, wrap it up, and give it to you in the way he thinks is best, when he thinks it's best. Great gifts 
unexpected wrappings. May God surprise you this Christmas. As our year closes, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for believing in me and joining Facebook and posting your reviews. Don't forget, you can always go back and listen to episodes you may have missed. Also, I would love to share your story on our podcast. I'd love to hear how God noticed you or you took notice of God. You can send me your ideas or your stories at Susan at SusanKHookstra.com or be sure to check out our website. Just Google The Notice, Susan Hookstra, and you'll be able to find it. Next year on The Notice, have you ever been in a season of life where God has you waiting? Or maybe your New Year's resolution is to find a spiritual mentor. Or you're just simply struggling with the day-to-day disciplines of life. Be sure to join me next year as we can continue the conversation about the unique ways God validates and affirms. In the meantime, take notes. Oh